The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, here it is, a Monday, not at high noon. We are an hour <laughs> early. It's 11 a.m. on a Monday, and I'm just happy my key worked to get in the building. This is just any other Monday right now. Monday, Monday. Isn't that the Beatles? Isn't that the, isn't that the Beatles? Yep, that's a Beatles yep, song. That's, that's just right. another were you, Monday. Were you worried that uh, just another they took I mean, the key away? <laughs> <laughs> their, their other keys have been taken away. There's a lot of other keys been yes. taken away. When Since we last convened last Tuesday, has there been anything that's happened around here? I think hmm. there were eight keys that were taken uh, eight, away. Eight Man, keys taken that's away. That's crazy, isn't it? That's right. Jeez. Yep. I was, I was looking looking for my key. <laughs> Everson never got a key. <laughs> right, yeah. I was wondering if I was going to be able to have to knock or what? How did I get in? How can I get in? I had great confidence in myself that mm. I hadn't done anything wrong. Well, there's probably some of those that got the keys taken away. That That's probably, the same thing. Right? What, what, what did I, what did I, I do? do? Exactly. All right, and we have uh, – Two Super Bowl teams that have been determined now. And so 60 years after one team left the city of Dallas, they're going back to the Super Bowl. That would be the Dallas Texans. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it's routine for these guys. That's it's, right. It's kind of routine for them. Well, it's three out of the last four years now ah. that the Kansas City Chiefs have made it. And? They're playing another team <laughs> from the NFC East. And what was the biggest play of the weekend? Each time a quarterback got hit and was knocked the, out of a game. It's the biggest play of the it weekend. It was the biggest play of the, the weekend. The biggest play of the weekend is Brock Purdy getting hurt. I think. Took all the drama out of that game. Once again, we found out that teams with the best offensive lines mm-hmm. win. Very good. Couldn't protect the quarterback. Nope. Mm-hmm. Neither one of the losers. San Francisco, how how did that happen? They were they they couldn't protect anybody. Bring you know, in the next guy and he gets a concussion. Well, I mean, you could see how uh, well our defense played against them, that they were going to have some problems. I don't care if Purdy would have finished the game. Right. I, I think he would have had major issues with him. Uh, and when you look at the difference in the ball game, it all had to do with what we did versus what Jalen Hurst did not do. And that's turn over the ball. Right. And once you do that and you play solid, you play to your defense. Mm-hmm. And that defense handled their offense just the way our defense was handling their offense. So I knew they were going to have a problem. I, I knew mean, Purdy was going to come back down to earth. That's why we all picked Philadelphia, right? <laughs> that's right. And, uh, think about the Dallas-San Francisco game. And really, as you said, the, the turnovers were huge. And so you, you're playing from behind yeah. rather than in, from ahead, which is what Philadelphia has been able to do all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But they in the second half of that game, San Francisco was able to mount a 91-yard touchdown drive, mm-hmm. and it was a 30-yard completion to bobbling completion to a reception by a tight end who was on the backside of the play, yeah. wasn't one of the primary targets on the play. He had checked down, and he had been he, had been, he was – he right. was guarded by a nose guard. And, yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> Neville Gallimore is, tra- is chasing Kittle down the field. <laughs> and that put him in position into four-down territory, mm-hmm. you know, at midfield. And they were able to uh, – and even with that, as we talked about last week, Kittle made the smart play getting into the grill of Donovan Wilson on a third and eight play yeah. that negated a sack. Uh, that would have been a field goal attempt of about 40 yards for San Francisco. Instead, they get a first down at the 10-yard line, and they get the touchdown, which was the difference in the game. They win by a touchdown. Why does that stuff happen to the Cowboys? <laughs> why? Because we're suckers. That's why. <laughs> why? Why? He, did, got, he got suckered. Why didn't the Cowboys have a catch that wasn't a catch mm-hmm. that didn't get challenged? To me, that was the play right, of the that game. Was yeah. That was huge. How do you not challenge that? When I see a wide – and I don't think the wide receiver's smart enough to fake it out. Like when he gets up and says, hey, let's go. Hurry up, we guys. Snap they, have, they had a signal. It right. was, it yeah. was something. It was, yeah. yeah. We got to snap it. That so should tell the coach, was... even if I haven't seen. Right. It's, okay, it's a timeout. Be One timeout deal. in the it's first half. It's a first half, half time. Yes. Right. In yes. the first half. <laughs> it's not like it's going to be a game-winning drive <laughs> right. and I don't have it. And it's like, challenge it. I mean, when, when he gets up with that sense of urgency. Yes. And he does something like this. Yeah. That, that means, come on, guys. And everybody's up. running to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that should tell you something. Challenge it. Oh, oh gosh. And then, the, you know, and his, you know, his explanation was, well, I never got to see it. Well, they're not going to show they're you that on the You're big screen. You're in Philly, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And TV didn't help their guys in the, in the box because they didn't show the replay that showed it that the ball came out until after the next play. So he was a little bit hamstrung, but still, just go ahead and challenge it. It's such a big play early in the game. I think Andy Reid challenged it, right? Yeah, he did. It was the same kind of situation, mm-hmm. and he won. Or, no, did he lose? I, can't rem- I don't remember. But well, I just remember he challenged it. Uh, in, in the San Francisco game, I, I, what disappointed me was how well I saw that Philly offensive line handle the San Francisco defense. Right. I mean, these guys have been dominating all year long, and they just just wore them down as time went on. You could just see them getting weaker and weaker. And, of course, the turnovers didn't help at all in regards to San Francisco. But their defense would usually answer regardless. They couldn't answer every bell this time. Too many quarterbacks going down, too many turnovers, and it wasn't. Just, it didn't seem like they were necessarily physically being handled. I think their spirit left after, like, okay, another fumble, another turnover. Well, and, and it, in, it's, it's the fumble territory, right? The fumble at the end of the first half. I mean, it's a 14-7 game, and San Francisco is in shotgun. They've you know, a minute, minute and a half left, whatever it was. They're thinking, okay, with even with Josh Johnson who's changed teams 13 times in his career <laughs> and was on the Denver – Still doesn't know how to take a snap. But he was on the Denver practice squad last month, <laughs> right. okay? He hadn't been with you all year. And he's going to, against the a pass rush like that, yeah. is going to engineer a last-minute drive to get you in field goal range. Just go to the house, okay? Just get to the house. Yeah. Now, it was simply a shotgun snap. 
that he fumbles. Okay, but that was huge. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if they get to the house at halftime down 14-7, Okay, even without a quarterback, right. it's still your one-score game. But, but but and even though he fumbled it because it was right to him, he had the ball until his offensive lineman stepped on it. <laughs> <laughs> offensive lineman stepped on he it. Still, he still seemed to be um, hesitant. I, I didn't see him go with aggression. He he. It was as if he was ashamed of to have the ball. You know what I'm saying? But he was like yeah, well, this. You got to bring it in, bro. I mean, he wasn't bringing it in. He was kind of like, okay, I got it, guys. No, you have to bring that in. I mean, this is football. This is not like you're kicking around a, a, a water balloon. But you know, but, but to take Bill's point, at, at that point it was 14 to seven. You just go in halftime. Right, mm-hmm. this guy, and and why are we being aggressive here? And, and then you know, and, and I think I don't remember if Olson said or not. He goes, well, we're going to find out if they get that first first down, then they're probably going to go right because they took over at like the, I want to say the twelve or something, fourteen, the, and right. then they got the first down mm-hmm. right. And, and then it's like, okay, here we go with Josh Johnson. Who, by the way, came into the league at uh, age 23 in 2009, and this was his 40th game of, that he's getting in, gotten into in the NFL. Uh, one and eight record as a starting quarterback in his 13 years in the you NFL. You know where his career was headed before yesterday. Straight into the coach's office. Right. That's where it was headed. He he had a clipboard has already been put in his hand more than a football in his entire career. He's had a, a clipboard probably in his hand more than he's had a football in his hand. So ten years in the league, right? Thirteen teams. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. So that means he's been with San Francisco three times. Three times. Yeah. Come on. They're, they're just waiting for him to just say, "Hey, when do you when do you need another?" Uh, uh, interim coach. But the point is, your approach at, with playing Everson Walls at quarterback, <laughs> at, at, you know, it would be the a, same a, thing. Sixty-three-year-old Everson Walls at quarterback. You're not going to approach the game the same as you would, right? Obviously not. No, I can see it wasn't. <laughs> he did not. That's just oh man, he was. I didn't know he had been in the league that long. I knew I knew the name. Oh, yeah. When I saw the number of teams that he had been with, you know, I'll take it. I'll look at it this way. If I've been with this many teams, I'm not going to be scared. I mean, I'm going to be out there ready to ball hmm. because, hell, I'm older than almost everybody out there. Okay. So why be afraid? All right. Uh, the, obviously, we buried the lead story here. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, um, let's and, get back to where we okay, started. So let's get back to uh, the <sighs> – the point of emphasis that we should have here, and that is the changes on the coaching staff. We'll get back to the games, too, because they're fun to talk about. Mm. But um, it finally comes down officially on Sunday night that uh, Kellen Moore uh, has mutually agreed with the team the way that they, it was worded to part ways and, uh, and Doug Nussmeyer as well, which makes now eight assistant coaches who have either not had their contracts renewed or mutually agreed to part ways. So mutually meaning he had a year left on his contract, uh-huh. right? And it's like, okay, so I get paid for that year. and Okay, fine, I'll go see if I can find another job. That's mutual. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of offensive coordinator openings around the league. There's so he's going to have no problem finding a job. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole thing to me um, – 
started to be somewhat puzzling. And I heard Mike McCarthy during his press conference on Thursday uh, twice in the press conference. The word came out of his mouth, economics. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, economics? There's no salary cap on a coaching staff, right? Uh, and it, it, it sort of dawned on me that when that happened, that maybe somebody decided that we've got too many coaches, 29. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what the norm is, but it sounds like a lot of coaches. All I know is I went back and looked in <laughs> 1966 when the Cowboys went to the first NFL championship game. <laughs> it was Tom Landry and five assistants. <laughs> In 1971, when they won the Super Bowl for the first time, mm -hmm. it was Tom Landry and eight assistants. Mm -hmm. 29, and that included quality control, analytics guys, you know, and, and some positions had some uh, assistant coaches at a position had an assistant to the assistant, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if somebody decided it was too many or what. Well, if you look at the pictures outside, I mean, I, I would imagine it grows every year. If you look at the team pictures. Well, I did go do that, and uh -huh. you know what? But back in the 60s, they didn't have the assistants in the picture. Mm -hmm. It was just the players. Just but, yeah. to give you an idea how many coaches there are, this is my flip card from the preseason, which I keep in my briefcase, okay, on the back side of it is all the information on all the assistant coaches on the team. It fills it up took a poster up board, basically. <laughs> um, and I was about to go through it and mark out the ones who are <laughs> no longer here. I'm going to have to do this whole board again for the preseason games this year and because by the it's way, all changed But you out. will have more room on that board. That's right. So yeah. just remember. <laughs> did, you, did you include the consultant on there also? Uh, which which consultant? <laughs> How uh, many consultants do they have? Brian Schottenheimer? Yeah, Brian Schottenheimer was not... Uh, he, he didn't make your board? Uh, he did not make it at that time. Mm -hmm. It was... Uh, uh, Jacksonville game is when he made my board because he was the offensive coordinator <laughs> with Jacksonville last year. So, yeah. So, 29. Um, and I had a feeling when... The, those guys on offense were let go, Philbin, Pete. Um, and if you think about it, the three main guys that were let go, like position coaches, Philbin, Pete, and Edwards, they've been in the league the longest. I think 25, 24, and 19 years. So it was almost like I don't know if they were trying to get younger uh, or if they were trying to get new voices in the room. Um, it brought me back to 1997 uh, when Switzer got fired mm -hmm. and all the assistants, or most, the majority of them, went along t with him. And this hadn't even happened yet, and I was walking down the hallway at the ranch, and I ran into Ernie Zampezi after they lost the final six games of the season. And he just looked at me, and he goes, well, we're all out of here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, sometimes they quit listening to you, and you got to get a new voice in there. And he goes, and I got a feeling they quit listening to us. And he goes, so we're gone. And sure enough, like a day or two later, Switzer got fired and everybody else got fired. And 
Um, you know, and Ernie was a really good coach, mm-hmm. but they decided a new voice. So I don't know if that was part of it. Well, I don't I got, know if you guys got a theory, but that's my theory. I, that, that's definitely uh, entered my mind. Uh, you look at the ages of the play of the coaches that were uh, let go. Rob Davis, fifty-four years old. Uh, now Kellen Moore is only thirty-four. Doug Nussmeyer's fifty-two. Skip Pete. Uh, turns 59 today, as a matter of uh, Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, wow. Either 59 <laughs> or 60 today. January, today's January 30th? Uh, 28, 29. 30. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Skip Pete. Yeah. Uh, Joe yeah. Philbin, 61. Uh, let's see. George Edwards. George Edwards is. 55 he turned just turned 55 but i want to say he was he was in the league the long i want to say he was he's 25 years, years 25 years Pete was 24 and philbin was 19. 19 leon let uh 12 years with the cowboys 54 years old assistant to the assistant and rob davis was basically mike's kind of right hand man mm-hmm. so he wasn't really coaching anything um so i think kyle valera was a a quality nine years guy. here, I think, for Kyle. Yeah. The, yeah. the linebacker coach, what was his name? The linebacker coach, George Edwards. George, George Edwards, Edwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Senior defensive assistant and linebacker. Mm-hmm. Now coach. that one somewhat surprised me from the production of the linebackers yeah. and how the defense played. So now Dan Quinn was under contract, but Dan Quinn was interviewing for right. head coaching jobs and, in fact, had a second interview with Arizona. And then that's when, after that interview, is when he announced he's coming back. So they sweeten the pot for Dan Quinn. And is that, how they, I, you know what? Is that I, how they afforded and the I'm sweetener not sure. by getting rid of yeah, all the yeah. Yeah. Does that play into it at <laughs> Economics. all? Economics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Economics. Economics there. Uh, yeah. Or did, did they have to? Because, again, if you're going into your second – go around as a head coach, don't you want to go into a good situation, right. not mm-hmm. a bad situation? I, I, and every here's what one of those at. five were bad situations because of the quarterback do you, position. Do you want to coach Micah Parsons or Kyler Murray? Yeah. That's yeah. the way I look at it on the Arizona yeah. job. Or Russell Wilson. Yeah. And I don't have any first-round picks. Indianapolis, who whoever. Yeah. Sam Ellinger or whoever at quarterback. I mean, just look at the the coaches and the quarterbacks in, the, in those those five teams, right? There's a reason why they didn't win. And know what they were doing at quarterback. Houston, what are you doing at quarterback? So well, they're getting one of the two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, are they are they really good? I mean, are they you know yeah. get, sink your teeth into them? Now, I think the kid from Alabama is pretty darn good. Um. But still, it's an unknown. It's not a sure thing. You never know what the guy above you is going to do in the draft. They could trade it and say, no, I want three picks, not one. So, but, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Quinn, I, I'd have been choosy because I don't want to fail. The, you fail the second time. Right. That's he's, it. Well, he's already been, been there once, so yeah. it's not like it's something new for him. You can dangle that carrot in front of him again, and he's like, okay, I've seen this before. I'm going to go in here. You know, I'm a little more cautious. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm gonna if I'm gonna take one, it's got to be a really good situation. Mm-hmm. Which those situations don't occur, right? If it's a really good situation. Right. All right, uh, let's dive in when we come back because we're already 20 minutes in. Let's <laughs> dive into 
who the new play caller is for this offense when we come back on Mix Shots in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey! Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To mixed shots. Cape Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860. That's capepostcompany.com. All right. Uh, Monday morning at 11 o'clock. That's our regular time for mix shots during the off season, and we are 22 minutes into this thing. And uh, we've talked about the uh, movement on the offensive, co- uh, the uh, coaching staff in general, and as far as the offensive play caller goes, Kellen Moore, of course, has officially been let go. And your new play caller, Mickey Spagnola, who would you like it to be? Uh, I said all along, if they made this change, then Mike McCarthy needs to be the offensive coordinator. And I don't know that he'll have that title, but if he's calling plays, it might as well be Mike McCarthy, the offensive coordinator. I would imagine they hire somebody to help out with the day-to-day work, uh, practice schedule, you know, setting up stuff. Uh, And who knows, now that they – uh, let or are, are not renewing Doug Nussmeyer's contract as the quarterback coach. 
maybe whoever becomes that guy taking care of Mike day-to-day is also a quarterback coach. And maybe you hire a veteran assistant who is can be on the sideline, too, or up in the booth as a game manager type. Yes. Too, because if your if your head coach is also the play caller, there are things during the course of a game he might have to be involved in where he can't. Uh, you need he might need some assistance managing the game. Yes, I, I always thought that there were times when McCarthy was calling the place. Was I, I wrong I, about I, that? No, I agree. Did, was with there you. a moment during the season where he's like, "Look, I don't think he was. Calling I'm going to weigh in heavily right. on this yes. one this yeah. week." Yeah. And, and I and I always told people when they you know they want to blame Kellen for everything and it's like he's not an independent contractor right Mike's got to say yes, he what does. goes uh, yes, even he during does. the week yes, right he does. and and you know there's a reason why he's got a headset on and a sheet in his hand <laughs> that's called the game right? plan <laughs> yes that's the plays that they decided right and and I'm sure there were times it's like oh you know yeah let yeah, me let I, me veto that I right. mean. You know, that happened with Jason Garrett when he was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I know for a fact that he vetoed plays. And it's not, no, we don't want to do that. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I, I thought if they were going to make a change and I'm the head coach and this is what my expertise is, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down on my own, right? Because of my off. You know, and the hard thing to say, to figure out is, Nine games in a row, nine games in a row, they averaged 36 points a game with that guy as the coordinator. Yep. Right? And I understand what happened in the playoff game with San Francisco. The last two San Francisco right. playoff yeah. games. They, right. What did they score? 17 and 12. 12, right. So 20, that's 29 divided by two is 14 and a half a game. And, and then when you look at yesterday's, just the first drive by the Eagles. Right. The first play I saw, I think it was Lance. Is his name Lance Johnson, uh, the, the offensive lineman? For Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Yeah. I saw them just blowing 49ers off the ball. He and Kelsey were dominating yesterday. I have the first drive. I saw nothing but holes to run through. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, where were those holes? Man, I mean, they handled a 49er defense that was the first in everything. But here comes the offense also that is first in everything. And in this particular case, offense won out. I mean, they came out double teaming the right. The blocking scheme was amazing. All you saw was daylight for the Philadelphia running backs on that first drive. I I took some pictures of it because it was just that glaring. And see, that to me lets you know that there's got to be room for improvement for the Cowboys. Right. And either the offensive line or how you maybe scheme, scheme it. against yes. that defense, yes. right? Because the guys that dominated for them against the Cowboys did not dominate against Philadelphia. They did not. But the Eagles' offensive line stepped up and played they well. They sure did. You know, and, and then on the other side, think about it. Philly's defense, it's like, and I know what happened, right? You're on the third quarterback. The Cowboys held him to and there's 19 no, points. There's no passing right. threat. Right. And it's then you get to the fourth offense. quarterback, and then the third guy's got to come in and he can't throw. Okay, you're done, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but, you know, the Cowboys, without those turnovers, 
they would have held them to 13 That's right. points. That's right. Debo, Debo did nothing, nothing in that game. No one did right? anything except for Kittle. And, and, and if you look at what they did against the Cowboys, he did very little. McCaffrey did very little. Mm-hmm. They, they used those turnovers to get six points. If you don't get those turnovers and give them just six points, and then the plays that Bill pointed out on the touchdown drive, you know, you held them to six By that time, points. they were already depleted, you know, the, the, our defense. By that time, yeah. we were already, you know, we were just like San Francisco's defense ended up being. They were a little bit, you know, just tired. The spirit was, was out of them at that time. And, you know, after a while, they lay on you long enough and you keep putting them in position. Your offense keeps putting their offense in position to score. That's deflating for a defense. I don't care how good you are. Well, we saw that San Francisco did the same thing. Their defense was deflated as well, well and they played like it. And, and San Francisco's offense was able to be two-dimensional against Dallas uh, because they had the lead in the game, just like what the formula for success for Philadelphia all season long. They've been playing from ahead. I mean, you look back at the Cowboys back in uh, 2016, Dak and Zeke's first year in the league, and and invariably, the Cowboys would start the game with a touchdown drive. They go 75 yards every single game for a touchdown. So you're playing from ahead 7 nothing to start the, Eagles the game. Have that same, Think yes. about the Dallas-San Francisco playoff game. We talked going into that game how uh, inexperienced – the interior offensive line for San Francisco was. They're starting a guy, Jake Brindle, out of Plano East High School. He's been a journeyman backup his entire career, and he came in this year, started for Alex Mack, a perennial pro bowler who retired, and they've got two offensive guards who are first-year starters. Three guys in the interior offensive line, so it's little wonder that Philadelphia dominated the interior of their offensive line when they were having to be one-dimensional because they didn't have a quarterback. We did as well. Early, early in the game against San yes. Francisco. You remember Osa, uh, first play of the game, is breaking through to Killing. get a sack. Yeah. No, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were on fire. Exactly. On fire. But the way that game played out, because of the turnovers that the Cowboys had in the first half of that game, you're playing from behind, mm-hmm. and San Francisco was able to maintain, maintain control of the game, don't turn the ball over, and they could use the, the run to set up the pass, basically. Right. So – the other thing that occurred to me is um, San Francisco, during their winning streak, so what was it, 11 straight going into mm-hmm. the Cowboys game? Mm-hmm. The fewest points they scored during that streak going into the Cowboys game was 13. The Saints lost to them, 13 to nothing. Cowboys held them to 19 points. Yeah. You know, you, you had a chance to win. And then the other thing, if you look at Philadelphia talking about their defense, yeah, okay. Cowboys put 40 on them, and that had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts not playing, right? They put 40 on them. That was the most they'd given up all year long. So when everybody says, well, how do the Cowboys match up with Philadelphia? Well, darn well, right? The game they lost, it was 2017, what, going in, in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. And they gave up that drive and made it 27-17 with your backup quarterback, by the way. So they played them. They played their pants off. You would have loved to have seen the third time around. And they came up seven points short. Of getting- when, you, when you look at this Cowboys team and you look at that, that the playoff game against the 49ers, that was a game that could have been won by any either team. And that's just how 
how tight that game was. Right. And, of course, the turnovers made the difference in the ball game. But when you see how we match up, we match up extremely well against any team in the NFL, period. And that's what I was thinking on the way over here. We put 40 on these guys. I mean, we put 40 on them. Uh, forget what they did to our defense. We put our offense put 40 on this defense that's supposed to be so good. And it wasn't like their offense put them in any bad positions, any more unusual positions and bad positions than our offense put our defense in. And we still handled them. We handled them offensively extremely well. So, I'm, you know, when you start making changes, I remember Tom Landry making changes back in, in 83. He said, mm-hmm. we're always – we're right there. All we got to do is just get over the hump. Well, the changes he made set us back. Bigger hump. Bigger hump. <laughs> and we never got back to where we were. So I am hope they're very strategic in how they're handling this, this coaching departure. But getting back to Keller Moore, his position of strength now, right? Do you – are you feeling better about yourself because you don't have a job and you can go get all these these opportunities now? Or don't you think you're stronger if you're, uh, uh, you know, having negotiations while you have a or job? you have a job. That's right. I mean, that, he, that, he's, he is interviewing for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job last Tuesday, Wednesday. After second, being released. Second interview. No, he hadn't been released yet from the Cowboys. Okay, and the reports out of Carolina were that they yeah. were blown away by his interview, and he made it a ball game all the way down to the wire because Carolina wanted to hire Frank Reich, but he gave Carolina pause that, well, maybe we should hire this guy instead. All right, he comes back to Dallas, has a meeting with Mike <laughs> McCarthy, and now uh, he's without a job, and he's not, as you say, uh, he's uh, he's not negotiating with other teams from a position of strength. That's but he's his... got an interview with the Chargers. That's right. And with the Chargers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Offense coordinator. Shot. Oh, Offensive oh, okay. coordinator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man. Somebody, they're mad. Some, they're, they're, I saw they're still some, mad. <laughs> somebody tweeted out, and I thought it was it, 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 it was very fitting. It said, uh, Kellen Moore will be the next offensive coordinator for the University of Alabama. <laughs> well, they're looking too. Right? They are. But I wouldn't want to go down to college. Oh, as long as I'm not the head coach. Well, Bill O'Brien did it. Bill O'Brien did it, and he was, the last couple of years, has been the OC for Alabama after Sark took the – all right, Sark did it. Don't bring – not Sark. Bill O'Brien, that is not a good comparison. Okay, Sark did it. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) Bill O'Brien. And now he's not – What happened with Sark? What happened with Sark? Okay. He was – He was – well, Kyle Shanahan got – if I'm not mistaken on this, wasn't Sark with the Falcons? And then he goes to Atlanta, uh, to Alabama. Right. And now he's the head coach of the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So th- there are so many coaches. I would love to get a count on the number of coaches who have gone to Nick Saban and been either a consultant <laughs> or a coordinator on their staff at Alabama for a year just to revive their career. It's like a rehab center in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Uh-huh. They've got a, a, a feed meal going. Well, didn't Kiffin do it too? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Right? Lane Kiffin. Lane yeah. Kiffin, after he got fired, mm-hmm. then he went to Alabama, and then he gets hired at Ole Miss. These are all Belichick and, and, and Saban tentacles Jason, <laughs> all over the place. Jason Garrett, uh, after his playing career, I mean, it, it was his first coaching job right. was with the Dolphins under under Nick Saban. And then he got the – he wound up going to Dallas and became the head coach of the Dallas so, Cowboys. So maybe, maybe McCarthy and, and uh, 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 Kellen Moore have this wink-wink Hey, I'm going to let you go so you can go to Carolina. Think, I mean, well, think on. about it, though. Uh, on <laughs> Kellen Moore, he really should should look into that Alabama job because it would it would uh, open up avenues for college opportunities and he would still have the NFL opportunities. Just spend a year there with Saban and, you know, they – I don't know who they got coming back at quarterback, and not and not just that could also kill your career if yeah, <laughs> Bryce but, is gone, Bryce but, is leaving. Uh, but his other plus is look at what he did for Dak. So if you need a guy that's your coordinator but can develop a quarterback, right? He did it, yeah. right? We he did it. Mm-hmm. Now he goes to Los Angeles and is the Chargers OC, and he gets Justin Herbert over the hump. Yeah, then he's going to get a head coaching job really quick. So anyway, all right, we got it figured out. Very, very <laughs> interesting, and we got that a break. Very another break to take, and we got more mix shots in just a moment. That was a lot. <laughs> we paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey. Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. (sighs) Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to Mitch 
shots. Just steps away from the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters in Frisco, visit the Star District, your destination for excellent dining, premier shopping, and exciting events. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information. All right, Mickey has not one but two legal pads in front of him. So well, what the, is these, on? These were my championship game legal pads. Oh, your pad. championship game. I took game. kind of notes on different So you're different sitting on your couch and you're happened. taking notes. Every once in a while, I'd write something down. Get right? to, okay. Well, you pick from whichever legal pad you want to pick, your Cowboy legal pad or your championship Sunday legal pad, and set the agenda for this segment, our last segment this week. Oh, I was doing this. Only segment. No, look, I, I was doing this all from memory, and I had this down. Edwards, twenty-fifth year in the NFL. Pete, twenty-fourth. Philbin, nineteen. I was starting to worry about. See, uh, that proves my point. This, that's why you write it down. I write you it down it. on my little flip cards for preseason games. If I write it down, yep. I remember it. Yep. There you go. Absolutely. So but he can't remember what he's got on his legal pad, though. He'll get there. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, I gotta he's go. Coming. I gotta, gotta go through it. No, I was. I think my to... question is: Do you want to talk Cowboys? Or do you want to talk championship games? Um, we didn't settle who's taking whose spots, but I think there's a possibility some promotions from within. Um, what 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 do you think about my idea about um, Brian Schottenheimer? Didn't he? He was yeah. an offensive coordinator, oh, sure. right? And I think he was maybe a that's a that's how a well did point. they do quarterback when he was offensive coordinator. guru? Well, I didn't check that out. Yeah, I, just I mean, he could be something. Of, but you're talking good deal. at it. He was never a head coach, was he? Nope. But his dad was a his good. His dad was pr- of course pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And Mike knew him, right? Yeah, going back to when well, Mike was on Schottenheimer's staff in Kansas yeah, right. City in the nineties, and so Brian was a, around. A kid mm-hmm. at that point, I think he talked about it at one point. All right, so you want to know the coaching resume of one Brian Schottenheimer, mm-hmm. who is forty-nine years old, so okay. he's just ten years younger than Mike McCarthy. Um, Starting back in 1997, the Rams, an assistant with the Rams, Kansas City in 98, an assistant, then uh, Syracuse in 99, USC 2000, Washington quarterbacks coach in 01, mm-hmm. Chargers for four years, quarterbacks coach, 02 through 05, okay, so that's when Breeze came into the league as a – right, okay. And when Philip Rivers came into the league, mm-hmm. quarterbacks coach. Jets 06 through 2011, so six years as the offensive coordinator of the Jets. Three years with the Rams, offensive coordinator, 12 through 14. Some Sam Bradford in there. Mm-hmm. 15, Georgia offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. That's a one year back in college. There you go. There you get the old college. Now back into the NFL with the Colts. Quarterbacks coach in 16 and 17. Uh, Seattle offensive coordinator 18 through 20 with Russell Wilson. And then um, so six, Urban Meyer. 16 and 17, that would be. 16, 17 with, with the Indianapolis Colts. with Andrew Luck still yeah, playing Andrew there. Yeah, Andrew Luck. That's what Quarterbacks I was coach. Andrew Luck in was there. his heyday. Yeah. And uh, then he goes to Seattle as the offensive coordinator for three years from 18 through 20. 
And then Urban Meyer hired, hired him as the passing game coordinator for Jacksonville in Trevor Lawrence's rookie season in 21 and a coaching analyst this year with the Cowboys. So when that staff got wiped out, he got wiped out at mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Right? So so right. he can't take credit for anything that Lawrence is doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or blame maybe for what happened his rookie year when they threw him into the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, he's got a resume to you know. He's affiliated with depending, good quarterbacks. Yeah. Philip Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Unless somebody hires him for one of those OC jobs that are open, to to really be the play call. Mm-hmm. Right. So that'll be. And I haven't heard his name being mentioned, bandied about. Yeah. So we're gonna banty it about now. <laughs> we're getting it out there. Mm-hmm. For this job. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's familiar with it. Um. You know, and the big thing, what do you think the big thing is uh, for whoever is in Dak's ear? I'm not talking about necessarily during the game, but on a daily basis. What is it about um, that where you could see the most improvement that Dak could make from what you saw this year? Maybe, from a coaching standpoint. Maybe emphasize, and, and this hasn't happened before. That's why this is weird. That's right. right. That's exactly right. Uh, Emphasizing patience, maybe mm-hmm. just slow down. I mean, look trying at, to progress too fast. Look at the game he played against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I mean, sometimes I, I I just think this offensive stuff comes down to matchups. And in the bottom line against San Francisco was the Cowboys were one wide receiver short, mm-hmm. short. They were not if if they took. CD away, where's he going? You know, and Hilton helped, but the guy hadn't played all year long now in spots, but he's not going to be an every down player all of a sudden. And and Michael Gallup just was not the same Michael Gallup that he was the year before, before he tore his ACL. Uh, and now, we didn't we didn't even use him the same either. No. If you recall, before Michael Gallup got hurt, he was our only deep threat. I still have visions of, of Dak dropping dimes right in his right front pocket and on the sideline where they, they perfected that fade route. And it wasn't always in the red zone. There were plenty of times it was out in the field. Perfected that fade route 30 yards down the field. He's on the sidelines. Dak's dropping it in there. They've done that many, many times. But think about Did not do that this year the situation at all. they were in, though, with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, you started the season off with C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and Dennis Houston for those first couple games, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and, and they were banking on Jalen Tolbert being that next guy, and he never stepped into the role or didn't get the opportunity or whatever. He stepped offside. Stepped out, out of the role, right? Yeah. <laughs> he lined up offside. And, 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 even, and even then, when, when he got back, it, it, it was him and Noah Brown. And teams were just like, and, 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 and despite all that, CeeDee Lamb goes for, what, 107 catches for 1,300 yards? Mm-hmm. I just thought in that it, it showed up in this, and it always happens in the playoffs, right? Whatever your weakness is, somehow it gets exposed. It sure will. And I just think they were a wide receiver short. So how long do you think it'll take before Kellen Moore finds a job? 
end of the week. How about the end of the hour? You already got one? Yes. Chargers? Kellen Moore expected to become the Chargers OC. Hmm. What does that tell you? He's going to Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) What does that tell you, Mickey? Somebody thought he was pretty darn good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Because that's a hell of a quarterback that he's going to be calling plays for. As soon as he became available, the Chargers jumped right on it. Yeah. And his history with that team, uh, any of those coaches? Is that you know that they're uh, Brandon Staley is the uh, head coach. There, I can't off the top of my head can't think of uh, you know the the offensive coordinator before was Joe Lombardi, who was with Peyton mm-hmm. uh, with New Orleans for years. Right. So he was there. Did he, he, was. he was the OC. Got let he go. Was. He got laid off. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, yeah I don't. I don't. That's kind of unfair. I mean, they did a decent job. It was some of the play calling to me. I don't mean offensive play calling, but some decisions made by the head coach. Head coach, yeah, yeah, that really yeah. kills all, the Chargers. I mean, he's he goes for it all the time, all the time, down yeah, even from his own fifteen yard line. Kellen stepping from the <laughs> frying pan into the fire. I don't know, maybe he'll give the get make the guy be a little more conservative. Man, hopefully, Staley, I guess our Alabama <laughs> idea is not working. <laughs> he didn't have to. He didn't have to go to rehab that quick. Huh? <laughs> rehab. That's a good. <laughs> That's he rehabbed a lot of coaches there. That's, right. That's exactly right. That's, That's right. That's why it's funny. <laughs> Staley in the NFL has been with the Bears, uh, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, the Bears for two years, then the Broncos for one year, and then was a defensive coordinator with McVay with the Rams in 2020 so before he got the Chargers. If I remember, shot. the Chargers had – Big Fangio guy. In the, in, they were in the playoffs, right, first yeah. round? Yeah. They – they had wide receiver problems. They had guys hurt, if I yes. remember watching Williams that game. Williams got I think Williams Well, Keenan Allen, to start the year, was hurt. Yeah. Right. And then and Mike then Williams. Williams. Mike and Williams. They also lost Guyton uh, to an injury, too. That's right. And he was yeah. turning he had out a really to be good one year of their last year. big third, the yeah. third receiver was awfully good. Yeah. So he's stepping into a pretty good situation with um, – Ek- Herbert. Ek- I'm trying to think. Eckler. 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 running back. I was yeah. going to say Eichler. Eckler. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's not a bad situation. No, there. not at all. It's very glamorous, as a matter of fact. As long as everyone's he's got talking him off. about, everyone's giving Herbert. He's he's Pat, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. They're already giving it to him. Yeah. When and he's he hadn't even had to earn that yet. Okay. Think about this though. All right, Kellen Moore is. Uh, let me look at. The, I got to look at my Chargers. <laughs> all right. What you know what don't off, co- what often happens is a coach goes someplace else, and now he starts. Picking players in free agency mm-hmm. from the team he just left. Right. Dalton Schultz, <laughs> Chargers. Tony Pollard, Chargers. Mm-hmm. They could be players for those free agents. Mm. Well, the Cowboys just need to make sure that Tony Pollard's not a free agent. It's, they're in, it's in their power to do that. Right. The hard part on that one, and boy, we can spend a whole show on free agents, right? Um, and we will be, and maybe, <laughs> may, maybe next yeah, in between, some kind of material. <laughs> we'll have the in between week for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's his market value? Because I just saw somebody. You're talking th- Pollard. Yeah, somebody ranked. It was NFL Network. Somebody picked their top 51 free agents. The Cowboys have 20 of them, right? 
I think 20 of their top 50 water no, Cowboys. No, no, no. The Cowboys have 20 free agents. Yeah, you jumped the gun on that one. And I think of all the guys the Cowboys had at free agents, only I want to say two of them were in the top 51, and it was Pollard and Schultz. Mm-hmm. So where are people – what do you think the market value is going to be for Tony Pollard? Is he – a guy that's your lead running back, he's never done it before. That's a tough one. Are you going to hand it to him 20, 25 times a game for 17 games? Or is he going to be used the way the Cowboys used him, which is very valuable, but from a financial standpoint, what's the value for that, right? Because for if you franchise him, it's $10.1 million on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sure his guy, whoever it is, is saying, "Okay, whatever I if whatever I sign for, I got to make ten million dollars this year." And I mean, I'm but, wondering if you know that's going to take place. I mean, but to me, the glaring thing is, what about his his injuries? What about surgery? How's he going to play after this? Right. You know, how's he going to feel? What's what kind of mobility we have? We still haven't even talked about the second part of his injury, right? And that's the ankle. No, the ankle part, it, that's where the surgery was. Okay. They ended up not doing surgery to put a plate on the fibula okay. that he fractured. There you go. But the tibia and fibula down by the ankle, mm-hmm. where you usually have a high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. is where they did the surgery. Um, so, yeah, what you know, where's he at? Um, and then with Schultz, you know, they franchised him once. You franchise him again. It goes from 11 million to 14 million. Um, you gonna take a chance there? Do you like Ferguson, Pendershot? I like him, Pendershot. But Peyton. I'm not sure if I like him as the lead tight yeah, end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't know. Uh, by the way, the Chargers they have Gerald Everett at tight end, who has one year left on his contract. He's uh, he'll be 29, and he had 58 catches this year. So, and then Eckler has one more year on his contract. He's uh, he'll be twenty eight years old. Getting so. back to the tight ends, you know, there was a time when we didn't trust Schultz that much either. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Jarwin, and Schultz was the big, you know, the big guy that was when we want some blocking done. Let's bring in Schultz. Mm-hmm. Then he he turned into Jarwin. <laughs> All mm-hmm. of a sudden, he doesn't block as well, but he he was surely catching that ball. When he first came in the year. We had Witten too, <laughs> right? See, <laughs> so now why can't uh, Hendershot or uh, the other young man be developed? Jake Ferguson. I yep. mean, I, I could see them being developed. Both of those guys yeah, right? are and, very good. And then and McEwen served a role better. too as a third tight end, third and fourth so tight end. So you got three year, right you know? there. You have three yeah. now. McEwen, I don't think, is going to develop. Uh, to be all around, right? Like but the Ferguson other has the chance, and, and, and Hendershot, as, especially as both a receiving. Yeah, you, know, I mean, you can see both of them being a pretty good tandem. And they can receiver. block. That's right. And both of them can block. That's right. So I, it'll be interesting to see how other people value him, mm-hmm. right? What are they willing to pay him? Because he's he's not Kittle, right? He, he's not that type of tight end. But he's solid. He's not he's, Kelsey. He's solid, though. But he's solid. He is solid. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, you know, last this last game, unusual. But he has always been dependable. I mean, he's made some plays, of course, some mistakes like anybody else. But he's always been somebody that your quarterback can depend on for that outlet. See, that last game, 
kind of stigmatized. Yeah, I know. You, don't you hate that? I didn't even want to bring the, it up. It's not the last game. It's the last series of the last yeah. game. Yeah, well, no, no, and that's no, even worse. No, I don't want to bring that not, up. Not for him. The whole, the whole offense. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess. Everybody just thinks back to that game. Yeah. They forget what they had done offensively mm -hmm. the whole season. Despite the interceptions, right? And it, Despite them. And, and, and we're talking. If we're talking Schultz here, he has been as consistent as anyone uh -huh. in this in on this receiving court. And made big catches. Big catches, yeah. touchdowns, At open big times. You want them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and the offensive line played decently. And then the playoff game, it's like, well, what happened to the offensive line? Well, it becomes a money issue, though. And, yeah. And, I mean, if all things are equal and, you you know, you don't have to be concerned about your salary cap, then, yeah, you keep them. <laughs> keep them know? all. Keep yeah, all that's right. <laughs> I mean, don't you want to keep Donovan Wilson? You know, what, what's going to happen there? We definitely do. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know. Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch. And then what happens with Anthony Brown? Because mm -hmm. you saw when you didn't have him what happened. You played so two cornerbacks your last game. You're, Only two cornerbacks were I'm on the field. I'm telling you guys, the, I still got you were, Joseph's and, my and guy. you saw yesterday. <laughs> Joseph's still my guy. <laughs> you saw the Chiefs game yesterday. They lose a, a cornerback early in that game to a concussion. You see who the, the, the kid that had the interception on the tip pass? Yeah. Fourth-round rookie Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Had the interception in the AFC Championship game. But the play game. was the one that tipped it. But the guy that yeah, tipped right. it. Which was, yeah, right. It's a rookie. Cook, right? And it could, Brian rookie. Cook, he's a, he's a rookie Man, also. Guy Safety played, from he Cincinnati. He stepped up yesterday. That's right. That secondary's really stepped right. up for the Chiefs yesterday. But the point is, you need, and it's an old saying in the league, you can't ever have enough cornerbacks. Well, the Cowboys ran out of I cornerbacks. I never heard that before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never heard that before. They That's not what Gil Brent said when we were negotiating. <laughs> and... Uh, as we close here, yes. Okay, the end of that Kansas City game. Um, sad, yes. sad. It's a, Joseph, I hate, I hate, I hate endings like that. Yeah, and Joseph Osai uh, out of Texas. What a good kid he yeah. is. I mean, he is a great person. And he was just and he was hustling. playing and he was playing yes. he was so well and he so hard. He was, you know, I, he was in my big green notebook going into last year, mm -hmm. and and he didn't get much playing time. I don't know if he's hurt or whatever. And so I was just very pleased to see here late in the season and in that game. And, they, and the plays right before it, they were talking about how what a great game. He's all over the place. Yeah, and then that happens. By the time so the game was over, I knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah. Now everybody knows. He right? sat on the so, sidelines long enough. Oh, for every, I mean, and, I, you know, like, man, get in the go, – let's go to the locker room. Don't let them break you down like that. Yeah. You know, that's not, the, that's not the, the visual that you want when they think, okay, this guy, what was his name again? Joseph Osai. Osai. That's not for Osai. When you think of Osai, that is not the visual you want everyone to see. Sitting mm -hmm. on the bench Sitting by on himself, the bench by himself, like the last guy yeah, off the field. Don't like that. I, I, get, I've been there with the, with the catch room. game. I took my butt in the locker room. The last thing I wanted to do was be out there looking around like, oh, what was me? No, yeah. get your butt in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Well, he kind of yeah. hurt himself, too. Well, yeah, he got hurt on the he play did. also he on yeah, into he the did. bench. And a little bit, Mahomes sold it, too. Well, it looked worse 
uh, in real time. Yes. But then as you saw the free the the, the replay, it he's clear, you can he's see clearly it was, out of bounds. But, it was clearly out, but oh, it yeah. wasn't as egregious as it looked. Yeah. Well, in and the other time. thing is, it was like, I mean, right. it's, it's easy. And then he goes flying into yeah. the poor man over there. Oh, the guy that got on. rolled up. Oh and I don't know. And I don't know if Osai has a history of late hits out of bounds. I mean, there are guys that play uh, that we see on a regular on the edge, basis. On the edge. That yeah, okay, he did it again. Okay, and so I, and so Bengal fans may maybe say at Osai, oh, there's Osai, right, he right. did it again. I don't know, but. It's so much easier when we're watching on television and we see where that sideline is, or we're up in the press box and we're, we're looking down from we're a bird's not, eye we're view. We're not chasing a man. We're not yeah. running 90 miles an hour across the field to and see then him, trying to and see where the line of bounds is. And, and as he explained marker. after the game, his goal was to get him pushed back, yeah, like forward f- progress. His goal was to get there fast enough. To, to where they, they would count him as being down inbounds. So, I was anyway. going to say, what is happening? Right. Oh, I thought you were flashing. <laughs> it was time to go. <laughs> you saw, oh, yeah, we started to wrap anyway. Yeah. Oh, it reminded me of my mother when I was sitting in the driveway with somebody. And she Mickey, we got to get out of the building. We got to get out of the building. He wants to tell his own story. We got to go. All right. We'll continue next Monday at 11 a.m. here on Mix Shots. Go Cowboys. Say a prayer for us. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!